There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Today is July 27th, 2022, and it is time for QFTA. Action Jackson, what is the good word? Oh, man, what is the good, the good yeah, word? Is... Think about it. Anything works. And when somebody says, what is the good word? Are they looking for a word? Sure. But more so, you know, blank canvas, go ahead. Tell me what's doing. What's doing is uh, the rain has fallen upon St. Louis. It's going to keep you from shaving strokes for a few days, I think. Yeah, but it's going to soften the greens. Yeah, and that'll allow you just to tack pins. Just right for me to hit my six iron, a buck fifty-two, and with a massive tail on it. So I'll start nice. it, start it left and watch oh, it just nice. trickle down and still be short. Nice, good. That's what you're going for. Yep, that's 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 how I play the game. Twenty-four years old. That's how I play the game. Tall gentleman, at least relative to me. You're Tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what the word is with Action Jackson. The word with me, Q-F-T-A. And it is brought to you by Ryan Kelly, the HomeLoanExpert.com, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton. I just got an email here from uh, his staff member. Hey, your home insurance policy renews in August, but we want to get together because we think we have a way to save you some money. It's like, oh, that's nice. That's awesome. How great is that? Ah, 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. That's James Carlton. He's my guy. Um, who else is my guy? Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganess at Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. That's where I get my car. And I couldn't be happier about it. It's where I've got my car serviced. Couldn't be happier about it. So if you're wanting a new car or pre-owned car, go online and shop right now. You can see everything they have at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. Or even if you didn't get your car from there, get it serviced at Munganess. StLouisAcura.com, AltonToyo.com. And if you'd like uh, an introduction to Jamie Burkhardt or Clayton Patterson, just email me, tmckernan at InsideSTL.com, which is what you can do if you want to participate in QFTA. Jackson, I mean, we, at this point, I don't know what has happened, but uh, maybe, I think it was the deep dives. Right. The deep dives have brought more people to the podcast. Yep. And, um, and so at this point now, I have to actually plan for the podcast is just to put, because we have so many questions, which is wonderful. Uh, or opinions, uh, erotic stories still, uh, you know, not as not as many as I'd like because right. I'd like at least one, and we don't have one. Ah, right. We have a lot of uh, uh, questions, and uh, we welcome you to send those in. I am going on vacation, uh, and I still would mind doing the podcast maybe next week. I don't know. I'm sure you're a little disappointed to hear that. No, I guess could I could do, do it by myself. No, we could do it on. Uh, we could do it on the video, like the yeah streamyard. Yeah. Yeah, and cool talk it over. Yeah. Um, yeah, Plowhawk will be vacationing next week on TMA. What are your thoughts? Got Jennings in here, though. That's a good thing. I'm Anytime. trying to get Jennings over with the Hubbard management, and they're on board. Right. This is like, well, you guys already have five people. I mean, but I'm like, I'm just telling you, Jennings adds to it. Everybody on the show is a big fan of Jennings and uh, would like Jennings on the show. Here's what I'll say. I'm a big Jennings lemming. Okay. I think Doug may be. Oh, yeah. The biggest Jennings Lemmings, actually. I don't even know if Jennings knows that. I'll, I'll make sure and let him know. If TMA was a Bloody Mary. Oh, what do we have here? Jay Jr. Time for analogy. 
Jay Jr. is the kick of Tabasco. So wow. You know, you got a great what drink. What a moment. A Bloody Mary is so much fun to have, especially because you're drinking in the morning, just mm-hmm. like TMA. But then you you take Jay Jr., who is the Tabasco, and you sprinkle that in there, and now you've got a flavor explosion. Wow. Yeah, I really enjoy when he's on. Yeah, that's so great. I'm on a, uh, I'm on a quest. So uh, uh, Jennings will be in while I am out for most of the days anyway. Uh, Jackson, I guess you'll be running the board. Uh, yeah, when Plowsy uh, next week, in when, Plowsy's, when Plowsy's out, I'll be right here in this we'll exact do, seat. Uh, we'll still do uh, QFTA next sure, week. So send them in, Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com, and then Sound Story. Uh, go to MySoundStory.com and book a Sound Story with me, with Doug, with Learn. Love doing them. We've been doing a lot of them lately, and I love doing them. At some point, and this is bad broadcasting, but that's kind of what we do. Yeah. Jackson and I had an experience with Sound Story this week that, you know, it, it just was, it was a holy shit moment. And uh, for me, and being fortunate enough to be doing this, I guess at this point, I'm, I'm 25 years. It's a little alarming. Uh, not radio 25 years, but broadcasting 25 years. And uh, it is one of my favorite interviews I have ever done. And part of me is like, I'd really like to make it public. And then one of the reasons why it was so good is probably because a lot of the things that were said can't ever be said publicly. Yeah, that's uh, but, a good point. Uh, it's, it's just such an honor to do these things. And I have some people are like, you still like doing it? I go, I, I don't just like doing it. I love doing it. I love doing it. I love doing it. Uh, and I know Learn and Doug love doing them. Learn, you know, she's only done a few at this point, mm-hmm. uh, but she loves doing them. So uh, if you are interested in booking one or just getting a gift certificate for your family member, uh, maybe for you and your wife or your 10th anniversary, you know, 5th anniversary, anniversary gift or whatever, um, you have a baby coming uh, or you just had the baby and you want to recount the, so you always have that. It's one of those things that in the moment you go, ah, I don't know, and then a few years later you're like, God, wouldn't that have been great? Right. And I don't know how many times... On the TMA fan page, when somebody posts about they just had a sound story, and then somebody will say, man, I really wish that was around when my dad or my mom or my grandparents were around. So do it while you can, and it's just one of those purchases that you will never regret making. But it can be a purchase that you will regret not making, and we are able to capture your loved one's voice or your voice with your wife or your children. Uh, Say they're going off to school, and you want to capture that, uh, stories of childhood. Uh, MySoundStory.com. Get a gift certificate, a book with me, with Doug, with Learn, and we will be continuing to expand uh, Sound Story. Uh, all right, Action Jackson. Because I have to get to the airport, uh, which excites the hell out of you because you know there has to be a hard out. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. Wow, you're not even hiding your enthusiasm. <laughs> no, I, I like doing QFTA. I will tell you the flight's at 5 o'clock, so theoretically I could oh, yeah, go could a really... little. No, no. But when this one came in, and this came in on Monday, so a couple days ago, and I saw it, and I thought, well, here's this week's sewed. <laughs> Tim, regrets. I've had That's... a few. This QFTA is about regrets. This gentleman's just flat out producing this one. Ooh, wow. Uh, and this is when we are absolutely loaded up with options. I'm going, this is the one we're going to do. And the thing is, I don't know where I'm going to go with it, and so I'm going to use you to buy time. Here we go. This QFTA is about regrets. Tim, you are given a chance to redo any event in your life. It has to be something that you did or did not do, something you said or didn't say, 
and a snap of a genie's fingers, you'll be instantly transported back into time to that moment with a chance to change it. In essence, a life mulligan. What moment would you go to and what would you do differently? Keep in mind, our life's mistakes help to change who we are, oftentimes in a positive way. So choose wisely and go. And that comes from Micah in parentheses, okay to use my name, in parentheses. Uh, Action Jackson, 24 uh, years old, maybe not a lot of regrets. I would imagine the time you passed on anal uh, <laughs> no. is the answer, but I want to give you the uh, I want to give you the floor. No, it wouldn't be the anal. Um, first off, I want to say I love the name Micah. I think it's a, yeah, right. I think it's a great name. Uh, secondly, I think Micah's contributed multiple times on this. I could be wrong. Shout out Micah. the name because it, it's obviously a unique name. Yeah, shout out Micah. Um, my answer to that uh, truly would be that, and, and so like immediately you think of something like career-wise or school-wise for me personally. I can't wait to hear the answer because I don't know what you got. And at 24, probably a lower list of regrets. Right, because at 24, you know, you could say, you, did I, there's been like a couple big decisions I made. I made the decision to go down to Florida to pursue PGA golf management. I was you regret become, that? No, okay. I don't. Because even though I transferred, I made some awesome friends. I, for the first time in my life at 18 years old, moved a couple thousand miles away from home and knew nobody there. And by the end of it, by the time I transferred, I had a huge network of friends and people who I really liked and people I still keep in contact with today and roots down Florida, essentially. And so that was uh, an incredible experience and taught me a lot about how to cope with, you know, essentially homesickness and, you know, kind of starting from scratch and how to navigate that. So I'll always be thankful for that opportunity. And I had a great time down there. Um, and so, you know, I don't regret going there. I don't regret transferring because had I not transferred, I wouldn't have met all my great friends in Mizzou and gotten the incredible experience of going to the University of Missouri. Um, I don't regret majoring in sport management um, because if I maybe major in something else, maybe I find a job after I graduate in August of 2020, I don't get to come work with TMA. You know, seriously, like I, for the six months where what I if couldn't. if you wouldn't have sent that email? Right, exactly. That's, and that's the thing. you ever thought about that? Yeah, 100%. 100%, I think. Cause were you hesitant to send the email? There'd be no reason to be, but were you? No, I just, when my buddy first suggested it. Gareth. Uh, uh, Peter, private citizen Pete. Uh, <laughs> when he first suggested it, I was like, well, I don't know anything about that. Like, I don't think, like, I was like, I don't know. But I'll, I'll just do it. I'll fire the shot. And, and so I'm very thankful I got to do that. If I didn't do that, I think I would have regretted it, even though how could I have ever known. But to my point earlier, like if I would have found a job in the six months when I was toiling trying to find a job and nervous that I would never would, I wouldn't have gotten this opportunity. So I'm, th I'm thankful that all these companies who I set my resumes to never got back to me because I wouldn't have ever – like if you told me my senior year of college in a year you're going to be producing the morning after, I would have been like, Shut the fuck up. Like, I don't believe you. And so, Would have been a dream come true. Seriously. Like, and so anytime I have like- You're being serious. 100%. Like, any time I've had like a, a, a bad day, because every job you're going to have a bad day. Anytime you read the text inbox on Balloon Party. This, multiple instances. I have to remind myself like, hey man, you get to do a really fucking cool job that you would have killed to do for good perspective, your sir. entire life of college. So it's uh, that's important. So that, that I don't regret. The one regret I do have- is my junior year of college not studying abroad, my second semester, junior year of college. Where could you have gone? Could you I, go anywhere? Anywhere. You know, I, I, in theory, I would have probably been based in London. I had a buddy who did that, and I 
so interested in English culture and London especially. I think I would have had an awesome time to travel to like Italy and Greece and Eastern Europe and, you know, maybe part of the Nordic where I would fit in like a, I think those are my people up there. The uh, people in Denmark. Yeah. I think, I think I fit in real well up there with my pasty white skin and blonde hair. I think, I think I'd slip right in and they wouldn't even know. Um, I think that would have been a really awesome experience for me and I could have learned so much and it would have been incredible because I really, I've, Jamaica is the furthest out of the country I've ever traveled. So, is that right? Yeah. That's so that's something I really that's something I really look forward to doing later in my life is traveling. But I wish I would have done that when I was you know in college. I think that would have been awesome. Would have been so awesome. So that's my one true regret. Other than that, like I've been very. That's, that's great that that is your true regret. Right. That fe- I, I, I'm happy for you. Although I can't imagine too many people at 24 have like life altering right regrets. Right. And I and I think. You know, even if I would have stayed with PGA Golf Management and I it worked out and I got a job, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have regretted staying. It's a rough gig. Yeah, that's see, that's so my my idea behind it was like, oh, like I love golf, like this would be great. But like, I I remember specifically talking to someone who had just left the program, had been a, a assistant pro at a course for a couple of years now, and I was like, yeah, hey, I'm thinking about getting out of it, like I just don't know. And he was like, if you have any doubts, you should get out of it. Yeah. He was just like. You work weekends, you work weekdays, you work holidays. If you work in Florida, you work all winter and then have to keep the course in good shape for the summer and pay attention during the summer because so much happens down there in the summer in regards to course management because it rains so much um, and it's brutal. And he's just like, yeah, if, you have, if you're not 110% committed to this, it just shouldn't be it because it's low wages for a lot of the beginning and it's your wages – depending on where you are, or depending on how many lessons you give a week. Oh, wow. So, like, he was like, you got to be really, really committed to this. And then I was like, well, so how much golf are you playing? He's like, dude, when I'm not at the course, when I'm not working, I am at home because I need to get the hell away from it. And I was like, I never want to be at that position. And also, like, my golf game was just like, I was like, you know, I I was so nervous about passing this player ability test, which is how you become a PGA pro. You have to pass all this coursework, but you also have to pass a player ability test. Uh, which is 36 holes, you know, pretty simple setup, but you have to shoot, on average, it changes course to course, but like a 76-76 is about the average you have to shoot, which is very difficult. And I was so nervous about that that my golf game was struggling. Like, I was like, not, and so I decided to transfer. That's when I became good. That's when I was my best ever in golf because I just stopped caring about it. It just yeah. became fun again. And I never wanted golf to be something that wasn't fun because I love it so much. Like, I love the game of golf. I love how much it's grown. And you also have to think, in 2016, when I was in college my freshman year, golf was in the shitter. Like, golf stores were closing, courses were closing. Now, fast forward six years later, golf is in as good a position as it's been in a long time. Um, But at the time, it just wasn't what it was now. And I never wanted to get to a point where golf was, like, a headache for me. I always wanted to be a relaxing source of happiness, not a source of issues you know Mm -hmm. so i'm glad i didn't i'm glad i made the move and i'm really glad that uh just probably 150 companies said no to my resume truly am because otherwise i wouldn't have gotten this awesome opportunity god bless look at jackson that's my that's that's my perspective on it there it is i'm gonna go i'm gonna give i'm gonna give the people a personal and a professional Mm. 
Do you have any personal regrets? Because I feel like that's what you guys, it was kind of professional, any personal regrets. Um, I'm still trying to get you to admit the, the anal thing was a mistake. No, well, maybe I should have tried it because um, I'm always, I've, I'm a big proponent of. Uh, Did she look at you like, what? what? Uh, for the yeah. record, for those of you who didn't listen to the episode, know what we're talking about, uh, Jackson's significant other uh, was asking him to engage in anal with her, and Jackson. I said he needed 48 hours to give her an answer. In so many words. I was like, put a, I essentially said put a pin in that. Um, and, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. No, I don't regret that. Because at the time, I just really needed some time. Was she, was she, was she in position? No, we were you in, were having, you in were the middle of the act. And it was like one of those, in the throes of passion, she exclaimed that. Uh-huh. And, you know. You're gonna and need. You said, I need written notice. Essentially, yeah, I need. I need some notice. That is just one of the most startling answers. Yeah, I know it's out of left field. I'm sure she didn't think of that, but she put me in a tough position. And 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 how soon after did she leave you? I left her actually, uh-huh. but I don't. I'm not looking to air out any dirty laundry. But uh, that was months later. Um, okay. This was. This was. Did act- she ever ask again? Uh, after I said no, no, she did not. I thought you said give me 48 hours to decide. Right, I, and then after that 48 hours, I said, ah, I've done the research. Not into it, honestly. And, uh, and so... And you do not regret that, or you now do regret it? I don't regret my answer, because I truly did want to, you know, do some light field research. Um, but it, after the fact... Um, it hasn't been offered to me since. Look at this guy. Look at this fucking guy, huh? Yeah, but um, no, I, I think that that's the uh, I made the right move. But I think you should. I'm a proponent of trying anything once, and so. Um, in oh, that let's sense, say she's wielding a strap on now, and she see, says, I'm... "I would enjoy penetrating you with a nice pegging session here in August." Uh, how do you feel? Yeah, at 48 hours would not be necessary. That's an insta-call, no thank you. Okay. All right. Just because I don't said, want I anything. I should try something once. I mean, I'm just trying to see where we are on this. Right. Insert, but yeah, but there's a, there's some obvious okay. <laughs> obvious things that you should not try once. Inclu- well, I don't want to kink shame because that's not what we're about no, here. No, it's a sex-positive podcast. Absolutely. The most sex-positive HD2-affiliated <laughs> podcast agree. I agree with you on in that. the central St. Louis area. I agree with that. Or at least top three. And... um so no, I don't think that that would be something I'd be interested in trying. Um, but other, I mean, hey, try things once. If you don't like it, you don't have to do yeah, it again. Yeah, I mean, to, to each their own. Because again, we don't we don't kink shame. No. Um, all right. So if I go. I, I I when I saw the email that Mike has sent on Monday, so this was two days ago. I'm like, okay, I know that's going to be the podcast this week. And I was thinking, all right, what what really. I th- and I, I, I've arrived at two answers, one professional and one personal. Um, I think the personal one might might sound weird to people. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's going to be honest, so whatever. It sounds weird. Fine. Fuck it. I mean, you know, I don't think people are like, oh, no, he's a normal guy, so it's surprising. You know? <laughs> so uh, let's start with the professional. I had a big decision in 1999, Jackson, Mm. Uh, as to whether to go to, I had a job offer from Little Rock, Arkansas, KTHV TV, and a job offer from, I don't recall, I think it was the NBC affiliate, Monterey, California, home of Pebble Beach. Mm-hmm. Nice part of the country. Um, 
And I'd be curious, as Micah says, I think this is important in this conversation, he includes, what moment would you go to and what would you do differently? Keep in mind, our life's mistakes help to change who we are oftentimes in a positive way. So choose carefully. In other words, we can't do it and then everything is normal now. It, it right. impacts it. It's like one of those books where you choose your own adventure. Call that the butterfly effect. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, and so that was one I went back and forth and back and forth on. I, I, because I got to St. Louis, and I was so lucky to get it to St. Louis at KMOV at age 23, logic would tell me, well, then I quote-unquote made the right choice. But this is like Iggy and his pocket aces and right. going, well, a jack came off with the guy with pocket jacks. He would have won, so folding the pocket aces preflop was the right move. And that, of course, this is not a podcast that will kink shame, but it is not a results-oriented podcast. Nope. It is not. And so I don't know how my life would have changed. I imagine it would have changed substantially had I gone to the West Coast, lived in absolute poverty, by the way, because I, I would have been making about 20% more in Monterey. But the cost of living. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not like I was making a lot in Little Rock. But, I was, but so, yeah, it I just, I, it, the, if, if it would have been just a different market in, in California or the West Coast, um, maybe it wouldn't have been as tough, but it's like, I remember talking to Rich Gould about it. He goes, Junior, he goes, I must have done something wrong in your internship. He goes, this is a no-brainer. You could live in the most beautiful part of the United States or Arkansas, and you're coming to me asking me what my opinion is? Go to fucking California! <laughs> and uh, And so... I'm sure I don't know I don't know what if I would have been working in San Francisco or Los Angeles. I know you're a big Sacramento Kings guy. If I would have mm. gone the from there, tarp, to... the tar pit of the NBA. <laughs> I don't know what would have happened, but it, I wouldn't have gone to St. Louis most likely. Um, and I got um, comfortable. The enemy. Jackson, listen to me. Mm. The enemy of greatness is comfort. The enemy of greatness is comfort. And so I wasn't even thinking about like, oh, my contract's up at KMOV and I'm whatever the fuck I was. What was I, 20, 25 or 26? I wasn't even thinking like, oh, let me see what else is out there. I was comfortable because I was also doing radio and at the time, I wasn't making as as much. I was making more from television at that time. Um, but still, when you combine them, it was a nice income. And I'm in my mid-20s. And I'm like, why would I fuck with it? Mm-hmm. So I was comfortable. So that is a regret I have that I didn't didn't optimize my options because I was comfortable. And it, and it's, it may sound weird, but that is that's what I think. And then that has an impact on, you know, d- decision of staying in St. Louis or going to Denver and working, and I would have been working with Carissa Thompson, her co-anchor on a show called Fox Sports Baseball Across America. That one tortured me in 2006. And then the ultimate torture was the one that I accepted and then didn't, then chose not to take, which was SNY in New York. And I do wonder about that one, whereas I never were, never, I never think about leaving KMOV in 2005. Never. And I'm lucky because at the time I thought I was going to regret it. I went back and forth anyway. In 2006, that one tortured me for a few weeks. Hmm. Uh, moving to Denver is where we would have been moving. 
and then the New York one. Now, the difference here, and this is where we get to what my actual professional regret is. In between turning down the Denver job and getting the New York job, and then after accepting it, and then two weeks later turning it down, I stopped taking Propecia. And so help me, that is my professional regret, which sounds probably batshit. I know I've talked about it before, but the reason it it matters to the whole conversation is at that point, now I'm left with the hair that I have, as, as you see now. Uh, here it is. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flowing. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so flowing. It's so dense. <laughs> and uh, at that point, I'm like, I stopped taking it. I'm like, oh, I'm, it's, I thought it was at the time 90 bucks a month or something like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm not. I'm just going to keep shaving my head. I'm not going back into TV, so what does it matter? And I stopped taking it. Just for really that, that's it. And it did work, but then I stopped taking it like in March of 06, and then I started to grow my hair back in August of 06, and it just didn't come back. I mean, it came back, but it was clearly thinner. And I'm like, oh, my God, you can't stop taking this stuff. So, Jackson, I know we've talked about it before. If you get on something, whatever the hell you're doing, and you're very cloak and dagger with whatever the fuck you're doing with your hair, which is fine, uh, whatever it is, you can't stop. Yeah, I know. All right. This I, is they, they put yeah. you in the ground. You're still taking this shit in the last day. Yep. All right. Whatever it is. Um, so that then played a role in me not going to accept that job because I thought as a bald guy, my potential ceiling of the upside is limited. And so professionally, it wasn't necessarily a career choice so much as um Stopping taking Propecia. Now, had I had the head of hair I had, courtesy of Propecia, which I started taking in 1998, um, in 2007, uh, when it was time to make that decision, much better chance I go. Which I'm sure, maybe it sounds crazy, maybe it does. Does it sound crazy? I have, I do have an audience here. No, that's not crazy. It doesn't sound crazy? No. Really? Because then to me, it's like, okay, I can go and do, quote, unquote, I don't want to say anything, but kind of at that point, I felt like I wouldn't be limited. I'm right. 30 Keep years old. I'm working in New York. But I know the game. And I don't and I don't fault the game. I feel like some people who get jobs early on because they have a nice appearance, then when they're in whatever age where the game changes, and I don't know when that would be considered, I suppose it can keep getting pushed back if you go to the right uh, plastic surgeon or fillers or injections or whatever the hell goes on, mm-hmm. that uh, then they're mad that it's an appearance-based business, but it is an appearance-based business. It's just the way that it is. You know, right. You're mad about it all you fucking want, but that's the reality of it. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's going to lower my lower my ceiling. And I think I was right. Scott Van Pelt had not emerged at that time. Right. And, he really uh, is the role model. Yeah, for... he is. He's the, he's the hero to all bald broadcasters in television, yeah. and he should be. Um, so that 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 is that is the defining moment. The Little Rock, Monterey, California thing was big. I didn't even mention KMOV outside of the fact that I didn't pursue options at twenty five because who knows? It would have been interesting. Um, that would have been that would have put that would have really put me to the test, but. Uh, the Denver thing, to an extent, the New York thing, but the New York thing was factored into by the Propecia thing. Right. So that stopping the P- Propecia really is something I wish I could go back, because I had a I had a nice head of hair. 
Now, it was all fueled by this pill, but I had a nice head of hair. Yeah, it's not like people know that either. It's not like... Yeah, I don't give a shit if they know it. I mean, Joe Buck talks about his hair transplants. Mm-hmm. Cam Jansen talks about his hair transplants. Um, you know, no, I don't think it, it really people give a shit, but at the time, people didn't talk about that. It's interesting how in the last 15 years, people got comfortable talking about it. So that's my professional one. Uh, here is my personal one, which... I think may sound weird, but it's it's truly. I, I, Micah asks the question, "What, you know, what moment?" And I can think about it, and I hate it because it tortures me. And it's been eleven years, and I'm curious how this will resonate with you, Jackson. Mm-hmm. So, Anna Marie and I get married in November of 2011, and as I've said before, I was married before short amount of time. Um, relatively speaking, no children, uh, four years. Um, and um, I think it bothered my parents more that I got divorced. I, I, I don't want to say more than me, because that wouldn't be, they viewed it from, a, I think, through a different prism than I did. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I guess, because I've not really discussed it with them, I think they viewed it through the religious prism. I think. Is there anything with Judaism and divorce? Nah. <laughs> I'll take that as a not no. my form of Judaism. Okay. No. Um, and I think it. Yeah, well, there definitely is something with Catholicism. In right. It, you yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sopranos so, told taught me that one. Oh, is that right? Uh huh. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, might not alarm the audience to hear that that didn't really factor into everything. Um, but for my parents, it was something that was real. And, um, you know, uh, so I took it very seriously with regards to getting married again, mm-hmm. um, that I felt like, and honestly, to this day still, and I've talked about it, um, that I will always regret Always, but there's just not one specific moment. I will always regret not being a good husband to my first wife um, because of the fact that it. What you don't realize if you haven't been through divorce, and if any of you, I'm sure some of you listen to this, you probably have a side piece, um, and you're going, "Man, I get divorced, and then I'll be able to be with her all the time, or whatever the thought, or she." Fucking drives me up the wall, and I and, and I'm just telling you. And I and granted, I didn't go through it with children. I that to me is yeah, that's going from a ball to the major leagues. So you know, it's not like I'm coming at the. But what I would tell you, you don't realize the impact it has on so many people, on your friends, and even if you think the process is going to be friendly, you do, that's why the movie. What was it? Your Mr. Film Marriage Story? Or that, that, is that a yeah. show? The no, thing it was with, a movie. Uh, was it called Marriage Story? Who mm-hmm. was the was Scarlett Johansson? Adam Driver. Adam Driver. It's by Noah Baumbach, who made The Squid and the Whale, which is another. That's with Jeff Daniels, another family divorce movie, which is brutal, just like Marriage Story. Oh, I was watching that, and I'm watching it with my wife, you know, right, with Anna Marie, and I and I I'm dead serious. I had to stop the movie. I've never had to do that with a movie. Yeah. I had to stop the movie. Because I saw, I like saw the tactics and I recognized before they even were fully executed, probably the people who haven't been divorced. And I'm going, oh, God, it's, it's, so I'm just telling you 
if if there's any and listen nobody you know first off you'll have people judge uh which is a phenomenon i guess maybe that's more of a public figure thing um so fuck off by the way uh because you have no idea Mm -hmm. um but then secondarily um you don't know the impact it can and will have on so many different people and um so with that said your parents are certainly some of the people um and so it was important to me and then also we had a small wedding the second time like 60 people came to sanibel and it was awesome incredible weekend didn't realize how great it would be uh i wish we would have done this i wish sound story was around and we would have done a sound story about it because a lot of it's kind of forgotten now that it's 11 years i just remember we were so happy and everybody was so happy because we're all in this beautiful place and hanging out together and so I, a part of me wanted to say something at the, uh, I guess the rehearsal dinner would be the place where the groom would speak. Um, but I didn't, because in a way I almost wanted to say, I almost wanted to apologize, even though Anna Marie's friends have no fucking clue. I mean, they know that I was married before, but they don't know anything about, you know, and then my friends and my family just like, you know, my promise here is that I will be a better husband than I was the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was that was on my mind throughout that weekend. And then the time came for the, you know, the, of course, Anna Marie and I have our first dance, and then she has the dance with her father. Right. And um, I had told my mom, I said, we already did the dance when I got married, and I just, you know, we did it, and we did it, albeit, you know, in 2004, and mm-hmm. this is 2011. I've been divorced for a few years at this point. But either way, and I said, I don't, I didn't want to do it again because I felt like that act is, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. That's why I said this may sound weird. The symbolism of it, though. Yeah, and so I remember this moment. I can still picture it, like when, I don't know how I would have known that they were, like, signaling for us to do a dance that she looked at me like are we going to do it and I like shook her off I mean I don't want to make it shook her off makes it sound like I was you know fastball or breaking ball that's not but I mean just like she knew that I just didn't want to do it and that kills me that I didn't do it that is my moment which may by the way sound just ridiculous Mm -hmm. you were hoping for some big revelation about something with TMA which you know I guess people at this point tune in for but uh that's honestly it that it breaks my heart because mm. i love her so much yeah. and i can't get that moment back which would have been three minutes and yeah for me i could have gone okay it's in the whole scheme of things who cares it's it's symbolic it's about really it's it's her that's who it's about it's right. not about me it's not about the fact that i was divorced and that i quote let them down by getting divorced uh if they even feel that way it's it's about her and I, I just i cannot tell you how much that tortures me it and to this and I, i've told anna marie that i said and i probably have told my mom that um i need to tell my mom again that and i'm and i'm sure when i tell my mom she'll be like oh timmy my god yeah right don't even think like, like she'll be like i didn't even probably didn't think anything of it but for me that bothers me now had i done that dance would it have impacted my life outside of this regret in any way no so it doesn't like change right the trajectory of my life one way or the other but when i think of a regret that is 
that is that is a regret because that's one that in the moment I felt like wasn't the right move. Sometimes you can go, oh, I regret it because you see what wound up happening, right. and then it's a results-oriented regret. Mm-hmm. But that's not how a decision is made because you don't know the results at the time of making the decision, which is why Iggy's decision to fold the pocket aces was wrong because it was mathematically wrong, not because of what wound up happening. But Process maybe, over product. Yeah, amen. But that really irritates people who focus on results because then you go, oh, you think you're the smartest guy in the room. And I'm like, well, how do you make decisions? Because I make decisions based on math. But if that's not where you are and you're emotional, maybe you're right and I'm wrong. Either way, on this one, there was no math. This was a simple decision, and I, I made the wrong decision. And I cannot tell you how much regret I carry for that. I carry for that. I care about that way more than the Propecia thing, mm-hmm. you know, infinitely more. What right. do you think about it, Jackson? Go ahead. Well, I think that's interesting from Micah's question about the wife Mulligan, because had you've done that dance with her in the moment, you wouldn't that that would have been the last time you probably thought about it outside of looking at pictures. You wouldn't have thought anything about that, like, you know, did I turn but now if you get that wife Mulligan, go back to do that, the appreciation you would have for getting the chance to redo that. And that's what makes it so interesting and regret as a as a feeling. You know, you you only regret things because you didn't do them or you did do them. But if you would have done the opposite, you would never have felt that way. So regret is this, like, it's so organic in the sense that it comes out of things that you would never think of before. If you, like, you know, you wouldn't think if I didn't tie my shoe and, and, you know, if I did tie my shoe, I'm sorry, if I did tie my shoe, I wouldn't have tripped and fell in this puddle and now my clothes are wet. Had you have tied your shoe before that, you would have never thought your clothes were going to get wet. I follow you on it. So regret is such a weird thing in that sense. And I hear you about that too because, um, but I think the fact that you do regret it so much is, is, is a testament to the relationship you have with your mother, which is extremely special, you know. She I, is just an incredible person. Right, and I think I cannot, that— I cannot say that. I'll, at the same time, I guess who doesn't love their mother, but— No, there's people out there. Are there really? Mm-hmm. There's people out there who have very tough relationships with their parents, and, I, and for someone who has such a fantastic relationship with my parents, hell, I'm going to hang out with them and my nieces after— uh, after work today and I can't wait um, for someone who does I have nothing but like the deepest empathy for people uh, who didn't get that really quality relationship with their parents whether it be just a rocky relationship or maybe they lost their parents at a young age I, I feel so I feel for those people so much because it's it's, it's something I can't comprehend um, because I'm so fortunate in the sense that my relationship with my parents is so good and because of your story right there it's evident that you are the same as I and it's uh, it's truly a blessing. And so the fact that you do regret that, I think, is a testament to the uh, great relationship you have with your mom. Yeah, and how much I think of I think of her. And I know you are very close with your parents in mm-hmm. a big way, more more so than I mean, not to say that our other people on the show haven't been. I just am aware that you're. I suppose being 24 plays a role in it. But I think a lot of times, perhaps people at 24, that might be when they may be their most distant from their parents, assuming that they have their parents yeah. for a number of years. They say it's like uh, you know when you're real young you're so close with your parents and then you get like by the time you're a teenager like 13 to like age 17 or 18 you go so far away from your parents Mm -hmm. especially into college and then around my age or maybe even closer to 30 you come circle back and you're at your closest with your parents again you know that's kind of the circle of how it goes yeah, it'll, uh, but I guess one of the reasons why, you know, we went back and forth on should we go out of town and vacation. I mean, to travel, we are traveling today with a five-month-old. Right. It's no no picnic. Um, and the four-year-old is, uh, you know, energetic. Very much so. Drive him, but I can't get enough. And then also we're going to see my parents. I mean, that's that's what we're doing. 
And uh, and I think about it, and because I and I think my parents are like, yeah, you're not going to, you know, come here this year because you know you're not going to want to travel with the baby. But the way I view things, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if other people do this. I, 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 because I'm so whatever in my own world. I don't know if people view things this way, but I do take the you only have so much time thing seriously. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's really a, a big theme. It's a thought theme that's brought up often here on this podcast. It's like, I don't know when the next time we'll be able to do this is. And I do know that even though my son is four years old, that there is coming a time, relatively speaking, soon, where he's not going to want to hang out with me. Whereas right now... I mean, we're with each other daily. I mean, he, he, I can't leave the house to go play golf because he will chase me down because he wants to come to the golf course with me. And then, by the way, it's not because he's like a, a young Tiger Woods. He just likes to hang out. And Jackson, he's been out there a couple times yep. with us, so you've, so you've seen it. Now, he sometimes he hits out. the ball, but you know, otherwise he just wants to hang out. And yep. it's the greatest thing in the world. And so from that standpoint, I'm like, I got I to gotta give them that. And I need to, I haven't taken, I guess I took, I think I took, two or p- three paternity days here, which people here thought was really, like, weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I think my wife was like, wow, okay. And I'm like, I, I, we just started the show because the baby was born in January. We just had come to Hubbard. And I think I took one day off for a golf tournament. And other than that, uh, yeah. that that's it. Yep. And, yeah, I don't necessarily like taking time off, which sounds weird, maybe. Um, but, uh, I, I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta do this for my wife and I gotta do this for my kids and I gotta do this for my parents and I want to enjoy it as well. So that's right. how I'm going to do it. And, uh, yeah. And then it all factors back. Like if we didn't have a good relationship, I certainly wouldn't want to go spend, you know, the next 10 days with them. Um, but yeah, you're right. I probably take it for granted that everybody has a great relationship and inevitably that's just not, not oh. the case or as is often the case. Uh, you have a spot where some, you know, people have passed away. Right. And so I'm sure a lot of people who have lost their parents at a younger age are listening to this going, absolutely, God, what I wouldn't do to be able to go spend a week or 10 days with my parents, you know, so absolutely you do that. Or you have kids who are now in their teens and have zero interest with being with you. uh, And we'd love to go back to that time. Oh, yeah, to that time. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I still, I will not revise history, and I will say this again. And and for whatever reason, apparently, this has been like this big truth to power moment on this podcast, how I talk about how the first few months for a gentleman, I'm sure it's even worse for the lady, um, when a baby is born is, you know, I mean, it's just, you know. Gabe drop, this is brutal. (laughs) (laughs) It is just, you know. so I, but with, with that all said, I mean, I absolutely love, love being a parent, which I would imagine is the case for most people, but I don't, I don't know. And I, I would also imagine if you don't love it, you sure as hell aren't saying it. So, right. you know what I mean right. on that? Right, 100%. Uh, That's what happens if your kid were to hear it, you know? Uh, so that is, uh, that is, you know, the, uh, yeah, exactly. But I mean, but I, but I always say, had I, uh, had I um, had children, listen, you can be mature in your 20s and have children. I wasn't, and so I am fortunate that I got to do the shit that I got to do in my 20s and 30s so that I was like, all right, I'm good now, right, you know, and right. so I'm ready. And it, and maybe that that plays a role in it. Hell, I don't know. But 
Um, yeah, man, with regards to regret, those are the two things that stand out to me, which may be just like, I don't know if those are disappointing. I'm not disappointed. You're Tim. not disappointed? No, I think that I think that's a great professional and personal uh, moment that you shared. God, I feel like you are going over the top and you're being facetious, and part of me wants to go over there and see if you can handle a, a right from me. You know, that's oh, yeah. what I'm thinking about. You want, right you want now. me to catch, the, catch your pause? Yeah, I think that's sort of <laughs> No, 100% sincere. I think it's really right. good. Yeah, that's what I, th- I just I think about. That. I, I really don't think about the Propecia thing hardly ever, except when I'm like, okay, professionally, what would it be? And there are some obvious things that with the benefit of hindsight, a lot of people in our audience go, yeah, I bet you wish that didn't happen or you didn't do that. I'm like, yeah, but, but that was because of the result. Right. And there was no way to know it um, in the moment. So that doesn't. But the Propecia thing is just like, what? why not just keep taking it? Yeah. And then keep. But I was in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm totally done with TV. So who cares? Mm-hmm. And that's just one of those things. You always got to keep your options open. And yeah, yeah they were still going to hire me even with this fucking operation I got going now. But uh, I'm just like, yeah, it's not because he was trying to Kirk out. He's guy who hired me juniors, Kirk Gowdy's son. And, and he was just like, sometimes you got to make sacrifices for the bigger gains. And I'm going, God, I'm 30 and I kind of feel like I have everything I want professionally. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. Saying. I don't. I don't want to be on ESPN, and I'm not like living or dying to be in New York or Los Angeles. I don't care. So, why would I sacrifice? And then on top of it, I'm going to be a bald guy. So it's not like I'm going to have a, a line of suitors, you know. <laughs> and that's that's how I thought through it. Yeah, you might. Yeah, I mean, I maybe it would have wound up. Ha- I mean, maybe it would have wound up ha- wound up happening. I don't know, but. And also, when we went up there and we looked at rent, and we looked at places, oh, the rent God, was just yeah. absurd. Any place you would want to live. Yeah. We, we had a guy, I don't think you were handling the sound store, I think the Plowhawk was, and he had lived in New York City, and he was talking, and he has a place there now, but he also has a place in St. Louis. And he goes, yeah, he goes, God, I don't know why they didn't have somebody point you to, to Brooklyn or even Queens right. or Jersey. And I go, well, nobody did. Yeah. And so we just looked around Manhattan, that's all we knew, and... You know, it gets crazy. Oh, 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 like if you want to live downtown, it's crazy. Then if you want to live uptown, it's even crazier. It just depends on what the hot spot is at the moment. Yeah, I exactly. Just knew, like living in Midtown was not cool. No, that's what I was told. Well, I would imagine be, that's still the case because all the Times Square tourists. Right, stuff. it'd be hard to fall asleep with all the noise. Oh my God! All right, but yeah, then the you place go- we were about to get, you know, the little, which is by the way such a weird place, Roosevelt Island. Yeah, Are you familiar with? Yes, yeah, the little. Like trams on yeah. the wires that com- take you from. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. The east side of Manhattan, out there, this island in between, what is that? The, the Queens and. Queens and Brooklyn. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I would have had one of those going by my window. Oh, God. <laughs> and it was like $4,000 a month in rent. It's like in a fucking... I hope most of you aren't paying that in a mortgage right now. I'm sure some of you are. God bless. I tip my cap. But that was my rent, and it was like one bedroom, oh. eight hundred square feet. Fuck that! That's literally like in the movie Seven when Brad Pitt and Gwyneth Paltrow yes, are living the train. The train I mean, that was right the only to... place. But we looked around. Iggy always talks about his. Oh, my buddy Stephen Sharippa, who played Bobby Bacalari. Ah, uh, absolutely. Sopranos. Yeah, Bobby he was. Then this was in Lower Manhattan. He was in this building, but it was like fifty five hundred a month, and I'm going. Oh my god! I mean. Oh my. God. God. For rent, for rent. Imagine putting two fives and two zeros on for a check for a rent. month of rent. 
And I obviously wasn't looking for that. I mean, you know, the number was, wasn't even half of that, honestly, uh, is what I was looking for. But when you're walking around Manhattan flying blind, you don't fucking know. Yeah. And so, but right. anyway, neither here nor there, the Propecia, had I had a full head of hair, I probably would have made it work and gone, oh, there's this place called Hoboken or Brooklyn Brooklyn Heights. Yeah. Uh, yeah and then the game, the game would have changed. I have a full head of hair. I'm 30 years old. Let's go. I remember talking to Joe Buck about it. He goes, so he was kind of like Rich Gould with the Little Rock uh, Monterey thing. He goes, what are you going to do here? And I go, I'll keep doing the show. He goes, okay. He goes, but you have the option to live in like the most energetic place in the world. Yeah. And and be a broadcaster. And he goes, you're 30. He goes, you're not, he goes, you're not super young. You're young. You're not super young. And in my mind, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm super young. But that was interesting because I guess in the eyes of broadcasting, it's like, yeah, I guess you're not super young. Now you are still. You still got that going at 24. Yeah, I've said before. I would, uh, you know, if an opportunity ever came up to go, I'd really like to do Italy. That's where. That's I'd, where you're gonna go do sports like, talk radio. <laughs> breaking down Inter Milan. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I just think that would be really really cool and like just live there and become part of the culture. And I think a lot of that is so romanticized by like movies and TV. <laughs> about that but i think i would have a really good time my parents have been to italy they loved it i really wanted to go i love new york city I yeah i do love too it. doug it's immediately crazy. goes oh i could never live there and i'm like i don't think i could live in la as much as i'd love the climate i could do both i, I could do either. i the, the i just picture like clayton on a friday night mm, yeah everywhere well, though right and i just couldn't handle like but that. new york's got say a little playing bit the too. role i yeah. don't know it's just kind of like i don't know i feel like it's just more gritty and real and fuck That's off and i yeah. and i certainly enjoy that part well, people will tell you to fuck off oh and it's <laughs> I great to, i think it's wonderful your golf game would be seriously hindered though <laughs> it is hard well i don't think it's in the cards yeah. i think i'm i think if you know i'm either here or i'm uh i think a late a late <laughs> career move to, to, <laughs> to the big to, apple to will do it yeah you you could be you could co-host with mad dog yeah start screaming at each other who will take a breath first <laughs> uh, all right, that's going to do it. Uh, Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503 or online at evergreenstl.com, a wonderful sponsor of this podcast. And Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling, online at designairservice.com, a wonderful sponsor of this podcast. If you run an air conditioning problems, make sure you're working with Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL slash TMA STL podcast network.